welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. All right, welcome to Eagle Nation. This week's episode, we will discuss the derby loss and the future of the Eagles, and was it a year of missed opportunities? We will briefly touch on the waffle, which turned out to be a dark weekend for the club, and what changes will be made for the game against the Lions, if there is any to be made, and that might be the bigger question. Uh, welcome, Dan and Wayne. Uh, we're doing this via Zoom again. I think Zoom, when we've done Zoom, we've had losses every time. So, <laughs> doesn't look <laughs> good for next week. Yeah. No, going well. All right, yep, boys. Yep, good to be under the circumstances. Yeah. Um, where will the grand final be played? Thursday is a deadline, apparently, but I reckon that'll get pushed back until the weekend. Um, will it be Optus or will it be the MCG with 15,000 people? I, I think they're pushing it back for a couple of weeks. Well, I heard they're gonna, they can push it back for at least another week before they make the decision. But there was another, what, 29 cases a day in Melbourne, so that's still... That puts them still another three, at least five weeks before they can do anything with crowds. So I think the decision will be made. It'll be in Perth. But the problem is if Perth, we get one case, our Premier locks things down. So there's no certainty anywhere, I don't believe. Well, we had one case yeah. a couple of weeks ago and he didn't lock down. So it depends on where it is and how it is. But what do you reckon, Dan? Oh, yeah, no, Perth's the front runner. I think the extension of lockdown over Victoria... Is the final now in the coffin, so to speak. Um, I think the AFL's got no choice. I don't think they want it here. They want it in Victoria. There's there's no mistaking they want it in Victoria. But it's been taken out their hands. So I think there's no other choice other than Perth right now. And I think the Derby, the crowd, um, I saw contrasting games, the Melbourne game with no crowd, then the Derby. And everyone was just so surprised by the noise. And so it's definitely going to be in Perth. Yeah, look, um, Gary Pert from Melbourne was asked today if uh, Melbourne got a home final, would he rather at a neutral ground or the MCG without a crowd? And he went straight for the MCG without a crowd, which really surprises me. Um, I think that's not looking at the bigger picture, but I guess when you got a home ground advantage, you want to use it as much as possible. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting in the next couple of weeks to see what happens. And um, the pre-season by... Um, by before, not the pre-season, the pre-finals by has been scrapped. Looks like it's going to yep. be of the prelim weekend, um, if any. Uh, so that's probably a good thing, and hopefully that's gone forever because um, I've never liked it, and the stats back it up that it's not good for the teams that finish in the top four. All right, boys, I'm going to ask you a question here if you've read your run sheet. Um, and a couple of these players are going to bring up, we did rate in the most overrated players earlier on in the year. But who at the Eagles can be the Dusty Martin, Stringer, DeGoey player that can go into the guts and then go up forward and be a match winner? Do we have one on the list? Because it seems it's, it seems it's a growing trend at the moment. <laughs> it's so funny you ask this because I'm ashamed to say I didn't read the run sheet, but I've been thinking about this so much because they're talking about Stringer all the time. Stringer's just, he gets 17 disposals, he plays in the mid, but he goes forward and... Um, puts the defenders on the back foot being a talk. Do we have one on the list? Hmm, I don't know. Maybe we've got a first-round draft pick that's hidden, that's been playing in the guts at waffle level a lot. We have that player. It's Brander. Like, if you put Brander in the guts, and he won't probably come along straight away, but he could play that stringer role perfectly. He's tall. 
He's played as a forward. He's a good kick, and he's been playing a lot in the guts at waffle level. If you develop him in that role for a couple of years, we would have that player. We would have a player that's just in the guts and can go forward, and when he goes forward playing as a midfielder, um, he's tall. He's going to get a mismatch up forward because the defenders are already on the forwards, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so here's my pick for that role, and I'm just gobsmacked that we don't look at that. What about you, Wayne? Oh, I, I believe we've already got him there, and that's Yo. I, I was going to say Yo. Uh, he's, uh, I, I, I see what Dan's saying. I, I agree a little bit with that, but I, I just don't think he's physically tough enough to be in that role. I mean, strength tough, Dagoe's tough. Um, they're, they're, and then Petrarca, when he's in there, he's fairly tough player. And I, I just don't think Brand's got that toughness. And um, But I, where I think Yo, I think Yo, Yo 100% fit. I tell you what, he's he's the he's the missing link we need in that middle of the ground, you know, permanently in that role. I, I, yeah. I, I, I agree with both of you. I'd like to see, I, I like, I'd, I'd like to push Yo forward, spending more time forward. Because he does that role. He's got that bull that you're talking about, Wayne, that bull sort of tag. Yeah. And if he went forward more and kicked more goals, it'd be an impetus. But you could use Brander as a defensive mid there to, you know, so you know, could go forward. So, you know, there's all these machinations that, you know, we can look for. I know I was just looking at the games on the weekend and you see Petrucker doing it, you see uh, Stringer doing it, and Stringer's last 10 weeks has been pretty good. Um, can you do it next year? That's a bigger thing, but, you know, it's a different team. All right, let's get into the game. Man, I'm going to give you my editorial, and then you guys give me your little editorials. Uh, mine's briefly. Mine's going to be like no more than a minute. When you have no desire and no pressure in the first quarter where an opposition team kicks eight goals and then Freo get up by a 40-point-and-a-half, lead halfway through the second is always going to be an uphill battle. This scenario has happened way too much this season and some questions need to be asked from the top all the way down to the boot starter. And I say that because in the first four minutes, I saw seven players slip over. Now, I don't know if that's because of the grass. or if it, I don't know what the conditions were, but we slipped over. We had broken tackles. Um, I think the tackles were pretty even for the for the game, but the percentage of tackles was 71% held for the West Coast. Frio went as good as well. They had a lot of broken tackles, but Redden, two broken tackles and uh, two goals, and then uh, Mark, where he doesn't even compete, he's nowhere near going up in the air. Uh, it cost us in that first quarter, boys, so quickly give me your up view on the first half anyway. Oh, well, mine, mine is. I'll oh, go on, Dan. You go first. Sorry. No, you, you go, Wayne. Oh, I say, my, look, mine's mine's a constant weekly issue for me, and that's accountability. I think our lack of accountability we have as in a defence and in the midfield, I think, let us down. And I think too, again, we bug it up. We have no system, good system into our forward line. When we have forty-eight to twenty-eight inside fifties. Um, up to three-quarter time. I think it was something like that. That's what I can't. That's what I read. Um, and you don't, and you don't um, capitalise on that. I think you've got a, a real problem. A real problem. And there, I, I agree. There's there's a problem from the top down. There's no question. There's there's big problems there. What about you, yeah, Wayne? See, I mean, Dan. Yeah. Uh, see, everyone sees the game differently, and 
different things irk them. For me, it's – and we did okay in the second half of this aspect, but we're not locking the ball in defensively in our forward 50 at all. They kicked in that first half six goals one from yeah, rebounding out of our defense, our forward line. That kills me. So it touches on almost what Wayne said. is like, we're getting it in there. And these weren't intercept marks, all of them either. This was ball going to ground, which is what you want your big players to do. But then they're rebounding it out and they're scoring doing that. And I just feel overall, not so much this game, but this year, I feel like when we have momentum, we aren't capitalizing on it. You look at this game and... I know some people aren't fans of stats. We won the tackle count. We won the possessions. We won the contested balls. We won the centre clearances. We won the inside 50s. We won, like, all these stats. But when we didn't, when we had momentum, we weren't hitting the scoreboard. We, we weren't punishing this side. Where Freo kicked 8-2 in the first quarter alone, which is very unlike them, but that's what they did. And, and that's when they had momentum, when they had their chance. They punished you. And Eagles have not done that. All year, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe the Port game, you would say that. Um, but even the Freo game early was a big win, but that was all in the second half. So we weren't punishing them when we had our chance the whole game. Um, and that's, to me, what's the most disappointing is you can look at the stats, but if you don't capitalise on these chances you get, then you lose games. And it's very frustrating because that's not what we used to be. We used to be very much capitalize on limited opportunities we always touched on we had like not many inside 50s but we were the highest scoring team when we went inside that's gone now that's non-existent for us now i reckon it's flipped where we would be one of the worst for inside 50s for scoring now yeah well we went we went 55 inside 50s to 40 at 73 percent there was there's was 75 percent but like yeah, that every that, every second time they went into the 50 they had a shot at goal so um and ours was one every three so yeah it's like their roles are reverse there because our efficiency is usually a lot better than that um there's one thing i want to bring up and like you said we won all everything except um the center clearances oh we won the center clearances but we didn't win the stoppage clearances we were getting smashed around the stoppages they were playing the extra two up and when my, my thing is and i've always been critical of simo when there's a roll on and you can see it happening and you we're, we're sitting in armchairs and it's probably a lot easier but you can see a rolling you chuck a, a player or two behind the ball and he, he hasn't done it all year he waits to grind it back out. And, you know, look, second half, we went from the second worst uh, pressure for the round to the top elite pressure for the round in the second half. So it shows you the Eagles can do it. And this is where they get that tag, picking and choosing all the time. Um, sitting in your armchair, you sit there in the first quarter and you're just sitting there going, you know, it's going to be a hard thing to win from here. And then you hear Shuey saying it's a mindset. And then you hear Brass saying, oh, we need to find the hunger. You should have the mindset every game. It should be the same. And the hunger should be the same. So why isn't it there? And they're the questions that need to be asked because when a captain comes around and says mindset, that I'm baffled. I just don't understand that. Being a, you know... An amateur footballer, if you went on, you knew you were going to lose. So you've got to be switched on. What do you think? Agree. Um, I, mean, I, don't, 
there was a there was I can always remember after the 2018 premiership. Um, Barras saying, "Oh, you know, we lacked a with the next season. They lacked a bit of, you know, a bit of drive. They'd like they achieve what they wanted to achieve. But you look at great clubs like Brisbane, uh, even Geelong, um, Hawthorne, and Richmond. They've had the hunger to just keep going and going, go. And I'm like you, I've achieved more of my stuff in amateur footy. I mean, I played in an A grade premiership four years in a row, and we weren't going for our fifth. We just got beaten by a better team, but we had the hunger to do that every year. We just wanted to do it. But I, I don't, I, to me, and I'm sick of hearing this week about, I know you'll get on this later about Willie Rioli. They said, oh, it's going to give us, that might give the boys, you know, uh, the team a bit of um, drive to, to go better. I mean, you shouldn't need that to have drive to go better. They, they, they had the best drive. They should have worked out weeks ago. We could be playing the finals in Perth. We could have the best advantage that, that no one will ever have by being in that bloody top six and they've just, they've ruined it with lack of endeavour and hunger. Has has a tag, friends, family and flags uh, need to be rewritten, Dan? <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I'm just, I'm just so interested to see what we do this off season because he's not a stupid man, Simo. Uh, we've been like, after that premiership, we've been so close to that top four, where let's be honest, especially in WA, you need to be top four to win it. We lost to Hawthorne, was it 2019, was it? That horrible game yeah. where we blew it in the last chance. And then we had to hub the second time, which we actually played well in the hub, but injuries took its toll and we just missed out by percentage, didn't we? So missed out top four then. So you can understand their mindset where Simpson thinks we're close. So he doesn't tinker with the game plan too much because he thinks we're almost there. If things go our way, certain things would be in the top four. But now this is a wake-up call. Like we're not going to play finals unless a miracle happens. And to be honest, I don't want to play finals. Um, I want to finish 11th and get that seventh pick. <laughs> but um, but that's what I'm saying. This off-season, he can't use that excuse now because we weren't close, were we? If you don't even make finals, you're not close. You're not on the cusp of making top fours and relying on hope. So he knows that, right, the game plan's not going to get us there now. So he's going to tinker with that. And I'm interested to see what he does. Yeah, um, look. And that's where, for me, I'm most excited because I'm thinking if we get a clean bill of health, get these young draft picks in, and then the game plan, which is, let's be honest, we've been opened up a lot by the game plan. Um, and I'm just interested to see what 2020 – Two is like, because to me, it's a massive unknown. Are we sliding like way out? Are we going to contend? I don't even know. The way way we've been so inconsistent this year gives me no faith either way. I can't definitively say we'll we'll, um, contend next year. And I can't definitively say we'll be bottom of the ladder this year because our best has been great and our worst has been the worst. So who knows from where he was a... And I think um, if you look at some stats, the Eagles against top eight sides, we've only beaten the one, which is poor Adelaide, earlier on the year. Um, we've only had five players play every game this season. So that's not something to be overlooked. And I know a lot of teams have had injuries, but we've had some injuries to key personnel. You can have injuries a lot, and it gets, oh, this team's had injuries, but it's to key personnel. I had another sheet there where I had how many weeks our top players had been out for. Um, and like you say, 2022, look, we're, 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 we're sitting ninth at the moment. So that means we're half good and we're half bad. We don't know where we sit. 
Um, making the finals, are you making up numbers? If you don't make it, do you rebuild? So we'll, we'll speak more about 2022 next week and the weeks that follow, but we've got to work out where we're going to go ahead with things if it is uh, keeping JK and Hearn and stuff. But we'll talk about that more next week. Um, on social media, you get a lot of people saying – We'll talk about Brisbane, right? So we're going to play Brisbane this week at the Gabba on Saturday, 2.35. A lot of people on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter are going, oh, you got to play the kids, you got to play the kids. So I question them, I'm saying, that's cool, let's play the kids. But what kids? Well, what youth? And who comes out for them? Because if you look at the Waffle team on the weekend, and if people didn't watch it on the TV... At halftime, West Coast had one goal, one solitary goal, and they kicked most of their goals in the last quarter when the game was dead and buried. Um, it's all good to say bring up the kids and push them there, but if they're not underneath pushing up for a game, you don't play them. And I questioned a few people saying, oh, well, you got to drop this person and drop that person. I go, well, that's cool. You're dropping them, but who are you replacing them with? So to me, we're not going to really – yeah, West Perth killed – Killed Eagles by what was 106 to 35, so 16 goals to five goals. Um, and you saw the game, didn't you, Dan? Yeah, I did. Um, it was horrible. Uh, but I tell you what, was... that team could that team couldn't train together all week, and it showed. Like yeah. they looked like a team that hadn't trained at all all week. Um, it was amazing, and I just can't. I sit back and I think to myself, hmm. I wonder how my good friend uh, Waza King feels about this game. Were you happy? Because you're actually a West Perth supporter, oh. but then you're obviously a Hard Eagles supporter. So I sit there and think, I, I think you would have very mixed feelings about this game. Um, but, yeah, really- there wasn't even – see, I can handle, like, losses at waffle level if some of these kids are pushing for spots and there's highlights. For me, the lack of highlights in that game by the Eagles players was just the biggest disappointment for me. Yeah, but it was, as, as a West Perth fan, I was sort of like, yeah, I was sitting on the fence sort of thing, you know, I was hoping the Eagles would come back and I'm sitting there going, West Perth only had about four players that was they're the same guys and I sit back and I say, you know, Shane Nelson, how come he could never get picked up at, at uh, AFL level? Um, Aaron Black, how did, how did he not get picked up at AFL level? And then you got um, a full forward, Kytel, who's kicking seven goals week in, he's kicking bags week in, week out, and he's 25. How is that guy not on, on an AFL list when you're looking at the Eagles list that were playing him, you know what I mean? It was it's a stark contrast in teams. Eagles had 11 uh, AFL players in the side, and if you were watching it, you wouldn't have known that. And um, it just, yeah, it wasn't good football. And I don't know if it's about putting development or getting structures right, but they, as a coach, I don't think Pratt had an idea of how to tackle how West Perth were uh, taking them. And the commentary had Michael Broadbridge is one of the probably smartest uh, football brains going around and he was saying exactly the same. He goes, West Coast are at sea here. Did you watch any of it, Wayne? No, I didn't see any of it. I was reading the stats, but I um, I heard a, a review. I heard a, uh, a thing of it after I'm home from Bunbury. But I think what they – I think the club's got to make a big decision. I mean, you said it earlier in the year, was it? They've either got to go to another competition 
or they've got to merge with another club, uh, albeit that's got, well, that would obviously be Perth, and be, or they've got to get their players back out into the waffle because I, I just don't see them. I just don't see them developing or getting any better playing. They're playing with they're no disrespect to the other guys in that team, but they're playing with amateurs, the guys that won't get a game at another league club. Yeah. So better off be playing. They're either better off playing in another complete competition, and they somehow work. They get a better squad of players involved or they merge with a club like Perth and say, right, we've got to bite the bullet. This is what we have to do. At least our top guys are probably going to be playing league footy um, in a, in a better environment. And the ones that aren't, well, they've got to play in the resis. So, um, or they, they need to start farming their players back out to the clubs like they used to. Well, we had a lot um, of success with a club like that. So, well, Perth, you just talked about Perth. They've just got the go-ahead for the redevelopment of the second part of Black Lane, which is going to be a mirror image of what's there now. Uh, the Eagles are yeah. going to take up most of the room, but Perth get new facilities, new gyms and all that. So uh, Waffle Heads probably watch this space because I wouldn't be surprised if there is a there's supposed to be a big meeting in two weeks to wrap out what's going ahead for next season. So, like you said, Eagles probably would be better off in the VFL where they're allowed to um, recruit anyone they like, AFL listed or not. So um, that's where the waffle need to wake up and realise it's a feeder competition. We're going to Brisbane. Any of you guys give us a chance against the Lions or what? Or are we hoping for a miracle here? Uh, oh, no, we're, we're a chance, but I, I don't want us to be. So I, I want us to rest players. Um, I want us to lose and lose bad. And I know that's not good to hear and that's not me sour grapes, but I honestly do think we're on the crossroads. And if we make mistakes here, it, it could affect us in the future very badly. Um, I think we do need to look at assistance. I think we do need to get a couple of good draft picks in. So like you were saying, we've got these kids pushing out from underneath. Um, I think we need to get the game plan. And to me, it starts here against Brisbane. We don't want to win this and then suddenly be eighth and playing finals. Because all that's going to do is if we, even if we magically win that first final, that means we have a harder fixture next year. That means suddenly we've gone up three draft positions up the order. Um, and I've been so vocal on this, and I called this so early on in the year. Like, it's been so long since we've had a top 10 draft pick. Um, and if we finish 11th, no matter what, even with the academy um, or five or some picks, you know, we won't lose a top 10 pick. Even if we push down the order, we've still got that top 10 pick. And to me, that's key. Um we're not going to have success this year. So I don't want to win this game. And as I said, it's not sour grapes. I'm looking at the future here. Yep. Who was our do you guys? Do you know who the, our last top 10 pick was? Uh, was it Duggan? Nope. It was before yeah. Duggan, wasn't it? It was Andrew Gaff, pick for 2010. So it's been 11 years since we've had a top 10 pick. It's amazing. So that's how long it's been. Um, and the last three, we've been not even in the first round. Well, look, yeah, look, part of me likes just to, I'd love to, I don't know, part of me wants to win because it's just that competitive beast in me. But I see where you're coming from, Dan. My, my only thing about that is um, we draft, we get a top 10 draft pick and we get, we have two high second draft picks. 
Richard, early on. We get these guys, but we, we won't play them because we haven't played the younger guys much since 2018. Um, yeah. that's, that's, my, that's my problem. Uh, we can get the greatest draft picks we want, but we've got to play them. And I, I, I had a look at um, all the teams this week doing a bit of research. And you just look at Melbourne, for example. Um, they've debuted six debutants this year and had four nominated for the Rising Star, and they're on top of the ladder because they're back in their youth. And for some reason... We've had the injuries there, so we've had the chance to back a youth, but we, like O'Neill, he goes in and he gets two weeks and then he's out. Brandy gets two weeks and he's out. Um, hmm. Foley, he's in for a week, then he's out. Um, Harry Edwards is probably the longest one. He had about four or five weeks because of brass, but as soon as brass comes back, he's out. Um, it, it just bog, mind boggles me. And then I look at selections last week and – Straight away, Vardy was in. I'm going, well, we didn't really need Vardy in there because he's a bit too slow compared to their Ruckman. And then we got Langdon in there, who's slow as. Um, I know he was a sub, but he still played. And I don't know, we just get exposed in uh, our teams that we're picking. And, you know, he put Foley in and that was good to give him a go. But Edwards has had a couple of games here. But they're just not sticking there. And maybe that's... The players not putting their hands up. I don't know. But you brought up before, Dan, that they bring him from a midfielder in the waffle and put him on the half-forward flank in the AFL. That's not going to work. Yeah, that's, that is my pet peeve. And, um, and, that, and that's not going to work. They get, they get, yeah, as I said, they get in the side for showing good form at waffle level, playing in a certain position. Then you bring them in and play them in a different position. To me, that just boggles the mind. But what you said about Melbourne was uh, is like, that's why I want these top 10 picks. Because these young kids, he might not play next year, but the year after that, then he can push for a spot. Melbourne have been down the bottom for the last two years. They dropped off a cliff after 2018. So they've got these good young picks. So these good young players, like we all seen Jackson, he's a star, you know, yeah. Luke Jackson. He'll win the rising star this year. Yeah, I reckon he will. And see, that's because they were down the bottom. That's because they had a bad year. And let's be honest, mate, they're, they're, they're minor premiers. So they were top four. Well, they didn't finish, you know, they paid in a prelim in 2018 and dropped down, had two years in the wilderness, got these good young picks, and now they're minor premiers. So that's what I'm thinking if we could do that a year or two and have follow that same scenario, you know what I mean? So yep. anything's right. possible. So we need those picks, though. All right. Tell me, you guys, quickly, before we wrap it up, who comes in this week and who goes out? I've got my list. Did you guys make up a list? Uh, I put it on uh, that on that revolving door. Look, I had Vardy out. I had Williams in. Yep. I had... Um, uh, who else? I had... Uh, TK's I had out. Who's that? Oh, TK's out. I had, I had West in for Kelly. Yep. So I think he should come back in and fill that role. And I think I had Waterman in for Langdon and Petricelli to go back onto the um, uh, subs bench. Yeah, but they're all talking Willie Rioli come in, but who goes out for him? I don't know. Well, Jamie Cripps could be out as well. There's a big chance. He's got a, um, a, a possibility he might, won't be playing. So that may be a way for Willie to get back into the team. Yeah, well, I've... Um... I had pretty much that. I had Vardy in, out, Williams in, uh, Kelly out, West in. I reckon JK won't play this week, which gives Waterman an opportunity. I had Petricelli out, 
and another player come in and I had Langdon out with Winder coming in and the person I had in for Petrocelli is Willie Rioli. So to me, boys, um, who do you reckon is going to – do you reckon Willie comes back in? That's a big question. Yeah, well, it's all been confirmed, which was surprising. You've seen it. It's all over the news reports and everything. But I don't know if that's uh, – they miss uh, – misread a quote or something because that caught me by such surprise. But apparently, yeah, he's a lock like he's playing. Um, I'll make mass changes, mate. I'll bring in Brander. I'll I'll bring back in Harry Edwards. Um, Bring back in West, you know. Uh, And I'll I'll drop the senior ones. Waterman's got to come back in as far as I'm concerned. So don't bother taking JK over there. Kelly's already out. Uh, Is it worth risking Shuey? I would say not. Like, he played actually – I was very surprised how well he played. Um, probably one of the better players coming back straight after an injury, having that game. Um, how's Liam Ryan's legs? He had a great game on the weekend. But, again, if he's sore, I wouldn't be risking anyone that's even sore. I would be dropping them and I would be playing kids. But, as I said, it's uh, – I've been very clear on what I want to do. So, you can call it tanking, call yeah, it what you want, right. But that's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you get a <laughs> you, yeah, you know, yeah, that, that, that's so, that. Yeah. Like, you, you I'm so not the coach, so I can't get in trouble for saying that. But yeah, I am talking about tanking here. <laughs> hey guys, you say JK's out, and, and he will, and if he is, yeah, this is another great chance. Not so much to bring the youth into there. This is a great chance for them to put Oscar Allen at full forward or Jack Darling at full forward, and Oscar at centre forward, vice versa. This is a great chance for them to really. See, let's see. Let's set them in that positions because, oh, look, for me, and I will talk this down the track. JK should retire, and Bunga should retire because they're not going to be in our next premiership team. And that's that's as simple as that. Well, and I'm this glad is a great I'm glad you said that. But do they? And this is where Dan was touching on it before. Do they go that? And this is what's been getting talked about in a lot of podcasts. Do they have one more tilt in them with JK and Hearn? Do they give it one more go? Or do they say, no, thanks for the memories, we're going to move on? For me, it's thanks for the memories and move on because I don't think we have. And if, we, and if we're not going to change the game plan, there's a waste of time having those guys in there. It honestly is. Yep. All right. Well, look, guys, hopefully uh, – well, no – we're not going to say, hey, we have a win. We're hoping we're going to have a, lo- a loss because we won't oh, have I-, I was hoping you were going to set me up then and say it. Okay, let's hope for the second, seventh pick. <laughs> so we'll go for pick eight um, and then we'll end up being... No, go, go lower. Go pick seven, Mario. Aim, aim, I was going to say aim high, but technically it's aim low. Go, go yeah, well, seven. I did, I did the predictor and we'd have to lose by 125 points to finish below St. Kilda or Fremantle. <laughs> Oh, well, no, we've no, done no. that a couple of times this year. Yeah, <laughs> so. I'm pretty sure. Uh, is don't don't Freo just have to win? We yeah, lose in Richmond and Freo win. Yeah, but they've got such bad um, percentage. Percentage. So, yeah, yeah, Essendon will be the eighth team. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, but, seventh spot, and Essendon will make eight. So but wouldn't unless, it be wins I'm talking about though? Was that? But unless wouldn't it be wins. What did you say, Dan? Sorry. Wouldn't it be wins, though? So if Freo win and Richmond win, they're a win above us. Yeah, but if I want, if we wanted to finish below St Kilda, so say St Kilda lose, yeah. 
we had the lead by 120 points. Yeah, but then Freo would be down. But what I'm saying, to finish... No, 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 no. That's a no, no. Freo win. So Freo and St Kilda play each other. So one of them is going to go up regardless, yeah. right? Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Say it's say it's Freo win. St Kilda are, uh, is low percentage. For us to go below them, we have to lose yeah. by 120 points to go below them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I hope Freo get a win and Richmond get a win. Yeah. Then we finish 11th and then we get pick seven. Well, I want I want to finish twelfth, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, twelfth. Because I looked at that twelfth is where it's too hard because the Saints percentage. Yeah. But anyway, look, uh, we'll be back next week, and we'll, we'll be in the studio, and we'll talk about more about the Eagles' future because at the moment, you know, unless there's a minor miracle and um, Eagles win by ten goals, um, we will be having an early holiday in September. So um, it's a missed opportunity for the Eagles this year and they've only got themselves to blame, but there's always next year. So next week, guys, um, we'll see everyone there and uh, we'll talk more footy. Yeah, right. see And just a quick apology to... Yeah, quick apology to all the purists out there that have listened to me saying I want to lose and they're really angry about that. But just think of the positive if we get a star. So yeah, <laughs> all look, right, I'll catch us later. All right, catch us.